Welcome to Exec Insights, brought to you by QUTX, professional and executive education for the real world. I'm your host, Kate Joyner. As a podcast for the real world, we don't just want to speak to the top end of town, but look at what's happening in small business as well. In our last episode, we spoke to Don May, an entrepreneur who safely, we could say, has scaled the summit of business success, although, of course, challenges remain. In this episode, we're speaking with a small business owner, an entrepreneur, who also, it's fair to say, is more at base camp. Ashley Carucci is the owner of FitterU Performance Centre in Paddington here in Brisbane. In the interest of full disclosure, I will say that Ash has been my trainer for several years. Yesterday, Ashley and I went to the Entrepreneurs' Summit at the Convention Centre here in Brisbane. We're going to give the listeners uh, an insight into this event and what happened and talk about the world of business from the perspective of a startup business. Hi, Ash. Hi, Kate. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, so this will be a little bit of a mix-up for us, I think, in the normal... Um, then we'll run of Exec Insights podcast. So uh, it's something different. So that's great. So um, Ash, you've been in Brisbane, I think, since uh, 2013. Have I got that right? Uh, started January 2014. January 2014. Straight okay. O weekend. How could I forget? Was it? <laughs> uh, okay. So tell us about your journey um, as a as a person. Well, starting as a personal trainer first, weren't you? Yeah. So I moved down. Um, I had uh, just finished my uh, studies as a personal trainer. Um, I'd been training, or they say, you know, under the bar for probably three years. So you know, in a gym training myself. Had started sort of doing a little bit of you know running classes, a little bit of you know sort of just friends training them, sort of uh, personal training, a little bit of boot camp. Um, but hadn't really gone, you know, fully extensive into personal training. Initially, I thought it was going to be something I'd just do on the side and I would continue to work within. Um, that was a side you know, hustle. Yeah, yeah, I thought, you know, I'd continue to work in a corporate administration role and um, I never really thought I could make it a serious career out of it. And I was also told that you sort of couldn't make a serious career out of it. Um, and so I moved down and in January 2014 and then I sort of had gone into, I was working for Department of Veteran Affairs, it was a very basic job, first job I could sort of get in Brisbane. And um, yeah, it sort of went from there, ended up um, back where I was uh, in Queensland, or remaining Queensland government in the Royal Brisbane Hospital, contract finished. And so I decided I was actually inspired by um, Lorna Jane, believe it or not, her story on uh, Bottom Line, which was, I think, a show that was running back then. I'm not too sure if it's still operating. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do this. And I was passionate about it. The passion was really high. And I thought, I'm just going to give this, a, you know, give it everything I've got and um, put everything into it. And so I was fortunate. I had, it was a really, it was a really good recruitment system for personal trainers online. And I was offered, I think, like four jobs within the first 48 hours. And sort of went for or interviewed for all of them and the one I stood out for me most was at Good Life Health Club in Barden and October 2014 I started there and October 2014 yes oh, okay yeah. so yeah so you followed your passions yeah 100% so it was, yeah. would have been a safe choice to stay in the departments of oh, the public sector I suppose yeah Is that exactly right? and I remember distinctly I sort of had signed signed the um, you know contract as you do with most jobs and I didn't talk to my parents for two weeks because I yeah, your parents were worried. They were not very for the, you know, complete career move. But I did what I did and, you know, they knew I was growing up enough and I could handle it. So, yeah. and um, yeah, it's sort so of that's always the, that's, the, that's always the choice in, when small business, isn't it? Do you follow the path of safety and security or do you follow the path of, uh, of uh, your passions, I suppose, uh, and taking a bit of risk? 
Yeah. Mm. yeah. So you don't regret it, I'm assuming? No, 100%. It's, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't regret it at all. It's been, yeah, I, I love it every day. And even, you know, you get your highs and lows, but you still, you know, it's you go back to your why. I think that's a big thing is always going back to your why and, um, you know, what your passion is. And it's it'll forever be there. It's something I love. I've always loved health. You know, I've loved health and fitness for a very long time. Yeah. You have. So you started with one of the big chains. So that was the Good Life chain. Um, so what are some of the uh, as, uh, what is the business model of being a personal trainer within one of the big um, uh, health and fitness chains? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it varies a little bit, but on the general, I guess, across the board, you come in as like a, I guess, a subcontractor. You're like operating a business within a business. Uh, so, you know, sole trader. Um, and you pay, you know, X amount of rent each week or, you know, there's also the other model where they take a certain percentage cut of what you earn. Um, ours was, it was just, you know, a flat rate what you, you paid and it was... You know, you got you got given some leads. Um, you know, new members coming through, and um, a lot of it is you know being there. You know, it's you know in the moment. Sometimes you, know, you might stand at reception, someone comes, they goes, oh, "I'm looking for a personal trainer," or you've just got to you've got to put the hours in. I think that was the biggest thing. I just really went into it gun ho I had some really great mentors as well um, and they said to me look you've got to put the hours in from the start and I knew what was ahead of me I thought I've just got to do this and I really utilize you have like a build-up period a 12-week build-up period where you start off with you're paying zero dollars rent and then it goes up to a certain amount then it doubles after you know so it goes up at week four then it goes up at week eight and then you're paying full rent by week 12 and I thought I've got to use that period to really get things going I came in at a really great time I think October a lot of people were really Conscious, they wanted to get you know get things moving before Christmas, um, so it was a, you know it was a I guess like a flood of new members, which was absolutely awesome, and I guess that's where we met each other. We did, um, you yeah. Know, December it was November December 2014, yep. and um, I guess by January uh, 2015 I was pretty much I was at full capacity. Well, that's and it, it does take a lot. Of, I've noticed that uh, with personal trainers, it does take a lot of personal energy to get that business model happening. Yeah. So if you rest on your laurels, actually nothing would happen, right? Yeah, definitely, yeah. And, and then there's the challenge to keep uh, clients satisfied. I always think that's hard because uh, the whole project is about pain, you know, uh, and about um, uh, delayed gratification. So how, is, how do you keep clients coming um, given that you're inflicting pain on them every, every session? <laughs> um, I guess... It comes back to, you know, the initial trying to find out what, you know, the, I guess their goals are, what their pain point is, and really um, targeting those, so helping them to achieve their, you know, achieve their goals, achieve the results, being able to fix that pain point. So you're, I guess, providing that solution to their problem is the, the number one thing that you've got to, I guess, always you and know, that's, go um, to. Considering, you know, we talked about business high end and uh, at the startup end, that's true of all business, isn't it? Like finding the customer's pain point, making the friction, um, making the business frictionless. Um, and in fact, that's what Don May talked about last week too with um, with ordering pizza. So it's it's the same. Yeah, it's just at a different scale, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it's then just, you know, I guess working from there is it's in keeping, you know, being able to show the progress. Like progress is a big thing and I've always been one for progression, constantly seeing progression, whether it's in, you know, your body composition or your fitness or your strength. I guess when you're always seeing that change or that progression, it's so motivating and it's so, 
I guess, were emotionally, emotionally rewarding for me, but it's also for the client as well. And it's providing that, you know, second to none customer service. It's being there, you know, when, you know, being able to reply to a message when a client might ask you a, que you know, a question or it's that, you know, outside of the session support, you know, there's emails, it's those things that keep people on track. It's that sort of stuff that really keeps people, you know, motivated and wanting more and, and, to, and to stay on, yeah. So you moved from being part of a, a chain, uh, so the Good Life brand, um, to being a brand of your own. Is that right? So what what's the what was the motivation behind that? Yeah, so it was I was fitting you personal training when I was um, in Good uh, Good Life, and then we made a slight modification. We went to Fidu Performance Center. Um, I just wanted to have a brand that was covering everything. It wasn't just personal training. I guess when I I sort of looked at it and thought. The company name, the the, the brand Fidu Personal Training, it just seemed like it would just cover personal training, and a lot of people will look and say personal trainers, all they do is focus on the training, or you know they get a bad persona um, by the name personal training. So I wanted to create a better, I guess, um, sort of not reinvent the wheel, but sort of just make a modification to the brand so that it covered everything. So it's very passionate about obviously. I had started my journey through, you know, doing yoga and found the benefits of my, you know, the flexibility. I could see, I think, us, um, you know, as a, a generation, we're becoming, you know, I guess, a lot tighter. We're sitting down a lot more, so I could really wanted to integrate that and also integrate the nutrition side of it because that's a huge component. You know, you can't out 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 train a bad diet. I think a lot of people know that as much as we'd love to think we could do it. Um, and, you know, and covering also the mindset as well, um, as well as, you know, the training as well. So that was why we sort of went to Video Performance Center. Um, it was, you know, the brand was already established, but we sort of elaborated on it further. And then that was how we, um, you know, how I created the center. Mm, so, uh, but it still is um, taking on uh, quite a bit of risk yourself, isn't that right? So how comfortable were you with that? Um, I was, you know, I was a little bit, I was like, oh, do I just keep it, this, do I keep the, you know, the brand the same, do I change it? There was a bit of, you know, toing and froing, you know, umming and ahhing about that. And I just thought, you know, I've just got to do it. I'm not going to, and I, I just followed my gut instinct and I did it. There was the risk of, I thought, what's going to happen, you know, is it in six months time, is this all just going to fall apart? Am I not going to be able to, you know, can I, can I really do this? Um, and it was coming back to, I guess, that self-belief and, you know, I have, you know, I'm a big believer in goals and, you know, making sure clients write down goals and I do it for myself and always, you know, sticking to that. And I think when you set your little goals along the way, instead of always, you don't want to always look at that big goal. And I think it's a, something that a trap that I occasionally will fall into. You set those smaller goals and it keeps you on track a lot better. Yeah. Then I'm reminded about a quote, um, was it, uh, was it a boxer? Well, it might have been Muhammad Ali, but I don't think so. And he said um, that you, everyone has a plan until you get smacked in the face. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that uh, you got a bit smacked in the face there too. So I guess you had your plans going in, but then you were overtaken by circumstance, I think. Do you want to tell the listener that story? Uh, we sort of were told that it was, you know, the, what we had, the building that we had gone into, it was fine. There had been a personal training studio and they just, you know, a small gym in there for many years. Uh, trusted, uh, you know, information that probably wasn't really trusting uh, from the real estate agent. And unfortunately, we were 
uh, sort of not victims, but uh, there was the, we went through this sort of issue where it was we weren't in the right zoning for um, you know what we were our, what we were doing, which yeah, is yeah. So council council gave you some notice, didn't they? Yes, they did. The it was very it was you know not far into the piece. I think it was only you know three three months in after we'd opened, which is pretty it's pretty it takes a stab at your heart. But we just thought, right, we've got to sort of, you know, look what's the next thing. And we did our best to try and find a, you know, a short-term solution so that we could just continue operations we found an alternative um, Yes, premises. I was part of that short-term solution. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just to give the listener an idea about what happens in small business and what you need to do. So we were training. Uh, it was it was still warm weather, I think, but we were training out the front of Lang Park, weren't we? Uh, Suncorp yes. Stadium. Yeah. 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 So in in rain period. and crap weather, we were, we were training in, out in the open air. Yes. Um, I know. And it got a bit tight there, didn't it? Because you didn't look like it was like another premises were going to come along. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we had a problem. You, know, you tell me how you, how you mentally get through that period as a small business person. Well, I th- it, it, it comes, you know, there was the type of ups and downs times and I, I will be honest, you know, times where I wanted just to give up. I thought, why, why is it all really worth it? You know, maybe I should, maybe it's, I should go into a different career or maybe I should just pack up everything and go on a holiday. And I came back to, always came back to, I guess, the my why and, you know, my passion and my goals. And I, having that as a reminder, I was, you know, through that period, it was, it was so crucial having, I guess, daily affirmations in place, having goals in place and reading them every day to keep you on track so that, you know, you didn't feel like you were just, you know, going, you'd just fallen into a rut. It was like, yes, there is sort of light. I guess at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, well, you did get through it. So, uh, and now you're at Paddington, which is fabulous. Yes. Um, so, and it's a change of business model. So, um, personal training is not longer than model. So, that small group training is what you think it's at. Now, was that a business decision or what you think is appropriate for most individuals? It was, uh, I guess it was being innovative and keeping up with the times. Um, you know, the industry. It's a, it's, a, it's a forever growing industry. I can't remember what the, the value of it well, it was last valued at. It's astronomical and it's only going to get bigger. Group training is it's sort of where we're evolving to. One-on-one training will always be there, will always be an ele- uh, you know, a percentage of it, but that it is sort of a large percentage of it is going towards group training. The, the guess it comes back to is the community. It's that community aspect. It's, you know, when you've got, you know, six or more people in a class and they're motivating each other along, it's so much more, um, you know, invigorating. People just find it, you know, they see results and they're, you know, they're getting cheered on by the people, you know, those other, um, I guess, uh, class members or their teammates. And it's just like, it's, it's amazing. And especially for, you know, someone that's a bit dubious and not sure what sort of, you know, how they're gonna do it. When they've got, you know, so much, you know, an abundance of support, it makes the journey so much easier because you've got, you know, not only the support from, you know, the coach, you know, trainer or myself, um, but also from your peers, it's, you know, it's, it's huge. I think that, so what's, what's the, uh, so yesterday we were at the Entrepreneurs Summit um, and the whole tone is about uh, growth. So they use the model about, you know, are you just creating a job for yourself or are you working in the business or are you creating an empire? So I think it's pretty, an empire meaning that a business that where you will um, get passive income, I suppose, and you don't have to be integrally involved. Um, so what, what would that progression look like for a fitness business? How do you, how do you scale and um, yeah, how do you grow? Uh, I guess being able to scale is you'd have, uh, you sort of dive, I guess, outsource act like jobs that you know you probably really, you know, I don't really need to be doing. You know things like, 
you know, social media scheduling or um, marketing, things like that, so that you can focus more on the systems of, you know, making things better for, you know, clients and also for um, the business as a whole, like probably more training systems, how it would, you know, if you were to go away, if someone could come in, to step into the, you know, company and be able to, you know, take over those um, those clients, those training sessions, you know, for, you know, three or four weeks without things sort of falling apart or even be able to grow that business because it's there's systems in place. It's like, right, when a new client comes in, this is what happens and it's, you know, it's quite a seamless process. Um, so being able to, you know, spend more time on, you know, focusing on those sort of side things rather than the things that you're not as good at, it allows you then to be able to scale the business when you've got those systems in place, I guess you could, you know, be able to, you can, I could franchise. So what's the um, ambition? Well, we've, we're only very early in the piece. We're yeah. only sort of just on three months, just over three months into our new premises. Uh, so we've got a little bit of time to go. I guess my next step is bringing on um, another coach so that I can sort of offload some of the training sessions that I can get start focusing more on that sort of back end sort except of the, Except the six o'clock one, you're never gonna outsource that one. <laughs> <laughs> the 6am crew, the sixes. <laughs> That's me. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what happened yesterday. So we went to an entrepreneur's summit um, yesterday and uh, again, in the interest of full disclosure, I was the guest of um, Fiddy Performance Centre. Although it wasn't much, was it? I think the ticket wasn't very much. Yeah, which <laughs> so, me well, I, I very much enjoyed having you there. Yeah. <laughs> so I was interested to go. And obviously the room was full of small business owners like yourself, I think. Um, so there's a couple of things. I think there was some really good information about um, online marketing um, and the use of social media. I think there was some really helpful and concrete steps there. Is that a big part of your business? Yeah, definitely. It's it's establishing, it comes back to your, you've got to know your niche, you've got to know your target market. And a lot of people will go wrong with that. They go, I don't want to have a target market because then I'm being, I'm, I'm leaving, you know, people on the outside, I'm just only Pacific. But it makes it so hard to then market yourself or be able to put out content when it's, you haven't got, you need to have essentially when you write like marketing content, you gotta have someone, you gotta be writing to someone. So you need to be writing to that niche market. So for example, say you're someone, um, I'll use, I'll use this as a different example. You might be targeting um, young men who want to, you know, get big and strong and, you know, buff. Um, that's sort of a little bit it, sort of on the other side of what I do. I'm sort of more focused towards women, but um, with, you know, you could say, right, I'm going to think I've got a, you know, Ken doll in front of me that's, you know, they're 30 years of age, um, they're, or they're, you know, you've got someone that's in front of you, they're, th you know, maybe not a Ken doll, someone that's in front of you, they're wanting to get like that. And you, how you write your content, it's about, you know, being able to help that person and then putting out, you know, the images are all related to, you know, perhaps that that person wanting to look like that, what, you know, what that, uh, that big, strong sort of guy or um, it could be, you know, doing an exercise, they want to, you know, be able to you know, bench press or something like that. Everything sort of related back to that niche market. So it did strike, I mean, that, that whole skill is about writing for a, spe a specific market and knowing um, about... How to, how to attract that um, audience to your uh, to your media. Um, that's a whole skill set that probably didn't exist or wasn't needed even about 10 years ago. I think you could probably just happily have been a personal trainer and know all your technical skills about being a personal trainer. You wouldn't have to have had to worry about the 
the social media and marketing side, but it sounds like it's a big part of any small business now yeah, to be able definitely. to do that. Yeah. yeah so, and if you can't do it, I think you probably have to outsource it. Although I think that there's risks there. Um, in yeah, there is. You you can you know there's I think there's only you can only outsource it to so to so much or do so much to it if it can be outsourced. You've still got to do so, you know so much of it yourself because you're the one that's got it in your head, you know what you want to put out there and you can only write so much on notes and send it off to someone and try yeah, and write it has to be it your up. voice, right? Yeah, 100%. And people, I guess, you know, your market, your target market will know when it's um, you writing it or if it's, you know, if someone it's a else. Writer. Yeah, 100%. It's just a few things that you pick up on, think, like pick up on. Um, so yeah, social media, it's a huge, it's a huge thing in, you know, I think in any business it's, you know, it's And obviously that's, that's it. created a whole industry in itself of, of people who will help you with your social marketing. And I think I mentioned to this yesterday that um, uh, when about midday, I thought, where have I sort of seen this vibe before? Um, and it was when I think about um, the evangelicals, like the, um, the Hillsong Church. So it had a lot of um, the same kind of properties. So it had people who... Um, had stories of redemption. I started as a really, really poor person, you know, and I had firm belief in, um, well, in the church it would be in God, but this was, I had a firm belief in, you know, this guy's product um, and my life was completely turned around. Um, those kind of stories. Um, so it had a lot of um, resonance of what people call the prosperity gospel or prosperity doctrine. So if you just believe, you know, you have enough faith, um, your business will turn around, you know. Uh, and then there was kind of a big come to Jesus moment at the, at the end of the day <laughs> where you, you go and sign up. Um, and they had all sorts of um, icons of prosperity so that where you signed for this particular product, there were bottles of Murray. Did you notice that? Yes. So that to, and lots of stories about, you know, you too can fly first class, you know, if you just believe. Um, and also uh, in the prosperity gospel, it, it is a lot also about visualization, you know. So, and that's a big, I've heard you speak about that too, about manifesting, that's right. Yeah, yeah. manifesting, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think, you, I think you're a little bit uh, more of a drinker of the juice there, um, Ashley, <laughs> than I am. Yeah. But, you, but that's something that you, that works for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So like having a picture of what success looks like for you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Mm, yeah. Mm. So, and then you did speak about the importance of, of, you know, staying true to what you see for yourself. And I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage that. I just think that they've taken it, you know. Well, actually, one of the, if we draw the analogy a little bit further, the critics of the prosperity gospel is that it, it does um, exploit the poor a bit. And, um, and I looked in that room and I saw a room of masses and hairdressers and those kind of small business people um, all signing out what, $6,000 for this guy's product, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I just found that a little bit um, questionable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it takes a little bit more than faith, actually, um, or self-belief. But uh, I'm not, but I think those, um, like having a, a firm sense of resolve and a sense of yourself and visualising success, I think is really important. But um, so I think we might have had a different take on the day. Yeah. <laughs> but it did have Michelle Bridges at the end, which yes, was. Uh, she was very good. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, she's got a real product to sell. Yeah, well, yeah, and an image. Yeah. Okay, just to finish, so tell us, I'm sure a lot of listeners would be interested. Um, and our listeners are, um, you know, people in business and executives. So if you, ha if you are truly time poor, and I know that can be a bit of an excuse sometimes. But, um, but you wanted to have functional fitness and mobility and to 
you know, just get through your day the best way you can. What's the most efficient way to approach a training program? I guess it's uh, finding something that you know you can, you're going to be able, that you'd like. Um, something, uh, if you're finding something or someone that you, you know, you can uh, know, like and trust. Um, being able to find something that you can stick to long term is a key thing. I guess, you know, there's a lot of fad diets, extremes um, out there in the fitness industry. And, you know, it's all well and good. You know, someone, I guess it was something that actually we, they spoke about. It, um, uh, Michelle spoke about in um, yesterday at the Entrepreneur Summit. She's like, right, January 1, we're going to do this and we're going to go on the lettuce diet. And it's, you know, you have good intentions, but you got to think it's probably not going to be realistic sticking to something extreme like that. So it's finding something that you know that you're going to be able to stick to long term and that's going to be able to get you results long term and that you can... Um, having, you know, it's reliable and being able to make sure that it fits into your schedule. You know, you've, most people are very busy and I think a crucial thing is making sure that you can have something that's going to fit into your schedule consistently and it's not going to be changed up too much um, because, you know, especially if you're someone that runs a lot by a calendar or um, a, a daily schedule, it's very crucial. So, yeah. Well, sometimes it's good when you're traveling um, to have someone who will send you a program yes, while you're traveling. that's true. And it's having, yeah, I guess having someone that you know is going to give you that little bit extra when you need it because it's, that's what makes the difference. It's, you know, when, if you go away for holidays or you go away for work for, you know, one, two, three, four weeks and you can keep things rolling and keep you know, keep your training up to some degree. It makes things so much easier when you come back because then you don't feel like you're starting at ground zero Well, this is again. the bit you missed with Michelle because it all ran over and you had to go. So she, Michelle bridges three Cs and her three Cs, first one was consistency um, and the second one was consistency and the third one was consistency. <laughs> it is so important. 100%. Yeah. So, yes, he would say, Ash always sends me a program when I'm when I'm traveling, so I can stay consistent. Yeah. Very true. Yes. Yeah, as, which is um, what really good professional people do. Well, that was fabulous, Ashley Carucci. So we look forward to seeing you build your empire of uh, Fitter You Performance Centres. Well done. Thank you, Kate. And if anyone's wanting to know where we are, uh, we're at 157 Given Terrace Paddington, so in the Darling and Co building directly opposite Suncorp Stadium. So I think everyone knows where Suncorp Stadium is. Um, before be free, jump, pop in. I'm pretty much always there. I'm happy to help out um, with any of your health and fitness goals. Fabulous. Thanks, Ash. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of QUT Exec Insights brought to you by QUTX, Executive Education for the Real World. You can comment on the podcast or make suggestions for future guests at execinsights at qut.edu.au. We would love to hear from you. If you would like more information about professional development for yourself or your team, please search QUTX, that's Q-U-T-E-X, and you will find our full range of programs. I'm your host, Kate Joyner, with sound recording and editing by Lance Scaife-Elliott. See you next time.